0: The city. It is this sprawling, massive place, miles and miles across. Been here as long as anyone can remember. Nobles play their power games, guilds maneuver for money and influence. Dark things emerge from the shadows to hunt, and the lamplighters take everything in while keeping the darkness at bay. The thing I always wonder is why. Why do these lamplighters keep the darkness back? What investment do they have in Avalon? Streets of Avalon, an urban RPG setting by Brett Blazinski for the world's most popular role-playing game. Ask for it at your friendly local game store or head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash streets. Gaming NBS, episode 339 being recorded Monday, April 26th, 2021! <laughs> Welcome to Gaming NBS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm Sean,
1: and I'm Brett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, folks. Glad everybody's around. How you doing, man?
0: I'm fine, Brett. How are you? Not too bad. That's
1: a pretty good game. gaming this last weekend. We had um, Call of Cthulhu, uh, Horror on the Orient Express. Ooh, just kicking it off. The, oh no, that was no, no, Delaney's no. We're game. we're yeah. yeah, we're well into Lenny's game. There, we yeah. have uh, encountered the uh, blood red fez, which is. Of all the bizarre Cthulhu entity inhabiting somethings, I've never had to fight a hat before. that We have now fought the Blood Red Fez twice. I've been damn near bested two times by a hat. But there's a new one on me. But it's been fun, no matter what. <laughs> and, then, and then I wrapped up my uh, Access Money World of Darkness game, which was basically a huge homage, callback to every game I've ever run for the group for over the last 30 years. A lot of work on my part, and everyone had a blast. But we wrapped it up, so it was cool.
0: Sounds and daunting, then, like a daunting. It, it, was, <laughs> it was,
1: it was, the weirdest um, thing I've ever tried to do and pull off, and everybody had a lot of fun, so it worked. And then yesterday, it was I ran my first edition Forgotten Realms game for AJ and Alana. Um, that we were going to play on Sunday, but my uh, middle daughter Ryan was up to visit for a bit, and uh, so she hung out for a little while, and then we. She stayed longer than anticipated, and they're like, "Well, let's play." You know, that right, we were going to play Saturday, excuse me. Then we moved it to uh, to Sunday, so we played last night instead. It was fun. Ages, uh, one character's fighter has <clears throat> swore an oath, um, kind of on a whim, to get past some undead at, at some point. And his sister Elena, her her magic user, is not stopping letting him off. He, she, she won't let him off the hook. Anytime he does something, she's like, logic? You want to use logic now? The guy who pledged his soul to the undead without understanding a word he said. So it's been fun. And tomorrow will be uh, AJ's uh, uh, What the fuck? Um, Midgard game. There we go. I, couldn't, I was going to say Midderlands, but it's Midgard. The 5e Midgard game will be tomorrow. AJ's running, so that'll be fun. How about you, man? What'd you do?
0: uh played in Delta Green and
1: you're still back in the uh yeah some, still I, yeah. You had, I figured, yeah
0: I think the next one's going to wrap it up and then Jimmy okay. has Jimmy has said I am running the next run and he's going to use the published scenario and nice. I said, which one? And he told, I think he was, I don't remember if he actually knows at this point, but I just said, I just want to make sure that you're not running something I've read or, you know, I'm not going to read something. So I do, yeah, I do have the campaign, the one campaign that they put out.
1: Uh, I'll, tell, I'll tell you, man, sometimes but, it is tough to say how many more sessions you got left and then, right. oh, it'll, it'll, it'll wrap up next time. Because all it takes is two of us gamer idiots to taken over um, over a bit of attention towards the tapestries, and we don't <laughs> the game last three more weeks. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, that Impossible landscapes, yeah.
0: That's right. Yes, okay. Thanks, okay, okay. Cool, man. Yeah, Anything and else? then uh, Thursday <laughs> is going to be Forbidden <clears throat> Lands, and then Saturday is going to be Star Wars, so good, yeah, good times. Fun, fun, fun.
1: Very good. Very, very good. Yep. That'll be fun.
0: Yep. But I think that's it uh, for me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, don't have anything crazy. Gameholecon dot com. Gamehole's coming. That's in October, and if uh, Sean and I remember correctly, the uh, registration or at least game submission stuff opens up in May. Which, good God, May is next week. <laughs> As if we're recording this on the twenty second, twenty uh, sixth, Jesus of April twenty twenty one. So yeah, next week is May already. So uh, check out your GameholeCon.com dot and get all the details on when and where to put up your game ideas and such.
0: If I do go and I do, if I do go and I do run games, it's going to be uh, feng, uh, feng shui and really, maybe mothership.
1: You got to warn everybody ahead of time that you've never run feng shui until that game.
0: I'll try to run it beforehand. It might be so weird gonna wa- online. So, so you're, you're
1: going to warn everybody that you've never run that game? <laughs> yeah,
0: it'll be fun. I, right. uh, Andy in my Star Wars game, he's like, "Oh, it's I think they've played Feng Shui the first one, um, and they said they had a blast. That's great." And then that Very cool. that he said, I, "I he would just he said he would place it in a mall, in a sports no, in a sporting goods store. Sporting <laughs> goods store. Cause, cause, he goes, then you got golf clubs. You got you know you could have guns. You could have
1: do, do Mall of America with the big Lego thing, and I don't
0: know." Like, I, yeah. a mall would be kind of cool. Like, you're in a freaking shopping mall going ape shit through.
1: Especially because most shopping malls in America are dead and there's nothing in them anymore.
0: Yeah. So that's true. But uh, just all the props, like throwing soccer balls at bad guys and trying to knock you them down. Go. And very cool. The ball bin opens up and yeah, it makes, make good fun. Fun. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Um, Let's random encounter, man. We'll right, let's, anything do else. Let's, let's do that. Let's just it. move on. Let's, let's do, do that. Do random encounter. Segment of the show where you feel voice, mails, comments from social media and the like.
1: You can start. I'll let you go
0: first. Bill D on the game group. I don't mind online play, but GMing is a little more different. So far, I have done Discord audio and Roll20 virtual tabletop for maps and images. I miss being able to just quickly sketch out a map for an encounter where I could quickly pivot on a plot point. I now have to be prepared to show alternative images, when in the past, I would just draw on the paper. I also miss rolling behind the screen and asking for their awareness just to mess with their heads.
1: (laughs) So what's your uh, perception check? Hang on a second. What's your bonus there? Okay, yeah. No, you don't notice anything. You could, still whoa, you could still do that. What's your role? You could still. you totally Bill. still do that. Yeah, you, you can could. even.
0: You can even Bill, You can. You could get whiteboard stuff. If you.
1: I'll tell you what, man. Whiteboarding on a virtual whiteboard, depending how good you are with the mouse and so forth, is sometimes you feel like an idiot. Because you try to draw something and it's not even like, okay, I won't draw a circle. I'll draw an oval. And it looks like an eggplant, you know, mating with a spider. You're like, what the, f- what happened? You know,
0: I wonder how that easy, would not work, not work an draw I, with an, I have an iPad too with a pencil. I wonder how. Probably be easier. i could share that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> for <definitely>. sure.
1: <clears throat> Excuse me. But I know that not everybody is super, I run into this at work, man. Network architects and stuff, trying to draw stuff with uh, with a mouse on a virtual whiteboard. They suck at it. Takes time, they practice with it <laughs> but eventually. We're getting, but my team's getting better at it, but it's not something that's natural to us, yeah. Interesting, though. Good stuff, Bill D. Thanks for writing in, man.
0: Yeah, Bill.
1: I have noticed that a lot of people with Roll 20 like I use Roll 20 for maps and images and die rolling, everything else, all communication is through Discord, Zoom, something else. So, I have not used Roll 20's native communication tools. No, Other than the chats and stuff, but I don't know anybody. Somebody out there is going to be saying, me, you dumb shit, Brett, I'm totally doing that, but I don't know anybody who uses it.
0: The video and audio of Roll20. terrible. Sucks.
1: Yeah, so unless video and audio have improved drastically for Roll20, and I'm just not aware of it, but I don't know anybody who uses it. <laughs> Interesting. <clears throat> All right. Where are we at? Beer Leaguer comments on the game group moving on here. I have young boys and all my gaming friends are in the same boat with young kids. That's impacted much of my group's energy and availability. And after a year of virtual work, there's just no appetite to tack on more hours in front of a computer, staring at my own dumb, tired face during a virtual game night. I hear you. I can, I can see that. But here's a positive angle. My boys are age 7 and 11, have formed their own regular game groups. At first, my wife and I discouraged so much screen time. But as isolation wore on, we found our boys' gaming pods to be healthy alternatives to in-person socialization they were each missing. My 11-year-old has especially benefited from the competition, conversation, and education that comes with being part of a game group. He and his friends are each making plans to assemble their own gaming PCs, a dialogue, and vocation that never would have happened without the Fellowship of Gaming. My wife and I are thrilled he's taken a shine to a thoughtful innovation. As for a seven-year-old, his vocabulary and reading skills have each improved, in large part because he need to keep up with his big brother and his friends. All this to say, there's something so undeniably healthy about the common bonds we share through gaming, whether we're seven or ninety-seven. And yeah, beer Liger, I gotta I absolutely have to agree with you. I think there's, um, give me a line is fun and so forth, but I, there's nothing um, beats for me anyway in-person gaming. I just that's my favorite. The bells and whistles, some of the cool shit that we've talked about that you can do in your um, online game. Like, oh, look, I can fog of war, true fog of war and this and this and this. When I am in person, uh, you know, gaming like with my kids or whatever, nobody misses the fact that they don't have that technology in front of them. Every <clears throat> The people I'm playing with anyway are just as happy to have it be like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a limitation here in this physical world. And that's totally fine. We accept that move on. That's part of the part of the uh, the attraction almost. I think it's pretty cool. Anything for you, man?
0: No, but I actually, I'm, I'm probably more okay with online gaming than I ever have been. Really? Yeah. I think it's kind of like no big deal anymore. I mean, is super smooth. And even if I didn't want to use it and just use theater of the mind, uh, you know, video and voice, totally fine with it.
1: I'll tell you, it, it's, there's, um, There are definitely benefits to it. There's a lot of really cool stuff to it. I would say I have a preference, but I enjoy both. So if I sounded as if I did not like one, that's not true. I like them both. If I had my brothers, I would rather do in person. But I also know that one of the reasons I can game every week is because of online gaming. Yeah. I mean, my friends and I, we all work. And at some point, well, Nick is Nick's retired army, so he doesn't. Work per se, we which we get a little bit of shit for. But anyway, the rest of us at a certain point, like, huh? Well, it's six o'clock, seven o'clock. We've all wrapped up the day. We can get online for three, maybe four hours if we stretch it, and we can play together without having to pack up, drive over somewhere else, and you know, make it happen. That's in. I know that's <laughs> um, first world problems, right? How, how hard is it to drive fifteen minutes or half hour or whatever it is I to get know, someone's man. house? I am,
0: that's more, I have grown more to hate driving.
1: <laughs> People suck when they're on the road, man. Totally. But i tell you, it, it, it's just, it's faster to say, okay, I'm just, I'm here, I'm ready to game, let's game, cool, yeah. we're done, moving on, and I log off, and I go right to bed if that's my thing, or I want a snack, I go get one, hang on, I'll be right back, gotta go to the bathroom, whatever.
0: There's, I, I there's gotta say.
1: Definite, if I didn't have online gaming, I wouldn't be playing every week. I back. gotta
0: say, I don't. At this computer that I'm recording all this on, is, is, I don't use it for work. I go up. I have a whole other room that I go to, to to do work. So that that's the biggest difference where people are like, oh, so I'm at work eight hours in front of this one desk in my house. And then I'm done with work. And now I'm going to play online for another four hours at the same desk, at the same computer, which well, I can I pivot to.
1: My, I pivot to my left to this work, to okay. this computer that's for work. Still, I pivot it over here yeah. for this one. As corny as that is there, I mean, I'm within like a yard. One, the work laptop and monitor is within a yard of my Mac, but it's still a difference. Yeah. I'm not looking at this is the screen where the fun happens, right? This is where my friends and I get together online. We map shit out and roll dice and have fun. Yeah. So there's a difference. I Also, I have figured out as I'm working from home permanently now, I've figured out different ways. Like, hey, look, it's lunch. I get up and leave my office. Right. Um I, I'm I don't I no longer make myself available the full eight to ten hours like nonstop. Nope, nope, I'm on lunch. Close the laptop lid, walk out, have lunch in the living room, have lunch somewhere else, watch T V, do something different for the half hour, or whatever. And uh, yeah, that, that helps. But anyway, yeah, I, I honestly if I didn't have online gaming, I wouldn't be gaming as often as I am. It's a fact. Right yeah so it's pretty it's pretty pretty cool it's come a long way even from shit man well when we started this whole thing six years ago we're like yeah roll 20 fantasy grounds i didn't know about anything else right you know, people were using google blown up
0: google. like on the virtual like tabletop. skype
1: gaming google hangouts you know and then it has literally yeah it's blown up it is just i was gonna say literally double but it's way past that it's yeah. Quintupled or whatever, <laughs> excuse me, in size and capacity. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool shit. All right. like that's that's all we had, man. Short right in week. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's get to the main topic. Let's move on. All right. I'm scared, you Brett. You should be. I'm really scared. You should be scared. I'm scared.
1: So Matt V. asked us about horror games, specifically how to make a horror genre entertaining to game in. Just so to recap, he had said, I, I have never run a true horror game, largely because I fail to see how to make it entertaining. I ran Pathfinder's Carrion Crown, but I really don't consider that in the quote unquote horror genre. I've read Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition and New World of Darkness, both which I like mechanically, but just can't see how to bring it to the table. I get the whole take away their stuff aspect and explore and research aspects. And I do that in my games regularly, but it doesn't seem like enough to build an entire game around. And my experiences as a player in horror have always been very dull. I played in a few very short campaigns and some one shots, but never found it entertaining. So there are challenges with this. And so Sean went out and um, basically we wanted to take it easy tonight. So uh, Sean went out and and uh, went, went through the gaming BS community. So we're gonna sit back and listen to their wisdom and then we'll hang it up early. No, I'm kidding. Sean posted a nice little poll, kinda pinged the whole BSers to get some insight into this stuff here. And I think before we get into it, one of the key pieces that Matt V's talking about here is entertaining, right? And Matt's not here having a beer with us or a whiskey and, and uh, saying, hey, what do you mean by entertaining? What's entertaining to you, Matt? Um, so that's kind of a part of the nebulousness of, you know, what's fun and so on and so forth. But there are um, there are pieces and parts to any genre, right? Whether it's a horror game, a World War II spy game like, you know, Cold Shadows, there's a vampire game, you know, wh- whatever it is, whatever genre you're in, there are challenges to it. And the horror seems to, Sean, I talked about this off the of mics, and horror seems to be one of those genres that, gets people sideways like am i am i sh- should the players be physically scared should i rely on mechanics to scare people are they supposed to be scared or should how's that work you know so sean let's uh, why don't you tell me some of the wisdom that we gain from the masses
0: so one of the things that i posed was like what's the hang-ups on top of of yep. you know matt's stuff is because then we can address some of that stuff yep or Somebody says, uh, this is how I deal with it. We could share that. So, Craig. Well, can, well, yeah, go ahead, Brett. No, I was
1: going to say, I can, I can share one that a mutual friend of ours, Austin. We yeah. both came with Austin. Yeah. Austin has said out loud to me and others that he was not fond of horror as a overall genre uh, because in many cases, it's he sees it as an agency limiter. hmm. And um, if it's not done right, I'm paraphrasing Austin, but he has seen it done in his experience wrong so many times where he feels like it just erases so much agency and he feels very railroaded towards how I feel, how my character must act, react, and so forth. He He's <clears throat> explained that. I'm like, dude, that is a shitty horror game. He goes, I know it's a shitty horror game, but if it hadn't happened. So that is one it hey, didn't make it in here because that's an older statement from Austin, but that's a, that's a hangup. Sure. Kind of in that vein. So I will shut up now, Sean. We'll let you do your thing.
0: So Craig mentioned controlling tension, maintaining it and knowing when to break it. <laughs> Joe Swick, what Craig said, another thing that's <laughs> oh, this is brilliant. Joe, I love know.
1: it, Joe. That's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, he's got more. He's got more. Read on. Read on.
0: (laughs) Another thing that's tough is setting the exact setting and degree of horror. Maintaining the image that you want to convey. True. George. uh, Adjusting the story or game expectations when players are so afraid to lose characters that they turtle. Played and ran several uh, Call of Cthulhu games, in which players were simply too precious with character mortality to really investigate also dealing with the one player always one who is just five percent too silly for the game (laughs) forest maintaining the mystery giving too much away will cheapen the experience for everyone some questions should be left intentionally unanswered this is how you create unease our uh friend cthulhu chimes in for me the challenge of bringing in fresh takes on the tropes so that it never feels too formulaic for folks at the table
1: Ah, very true very true kevin
0: and then miniature master lastly says i think horror is all about creating expectation by building tension or by building expectation through a sense of familiarity you're building the story through a particular lens that leads to an unexpected outcome each type of horror tests, treats it differently They all have that one moment where all the horror begins, and then you're on an emotional roller coaster ride until the horror ends. Um, Having that emotional tie in, I think, is probably the most important part of horror because it's not horrible if you don't feel any emotion when the horror appears and bad things start happening.
1: Those are all really good, man. They are good. (coughs) Excuse me. Very good stuff. You sound so quiet, Brett. Do I? I thought it was nice and close there. Is this
0: better? Yep. It is much better. Okay. There it is. Sorry. I yeah. thought it was nice and close. You seem to be talking really nice. Okay.
1: <laughs> this is good stuff. And I think um, the tension is a tough one because, um, so let's just talk about tension. A lot of times you'll hear in a horror movie or any movie in general, if you watch a movie with no soundtrack, it's really weird. Right? It if, is weird. Um, yeah. However, We will, I've heard it said that, man, you know, horror movies have these wonderful soundtracks, blah, blah, blah. I challenge you, if you've not seen it, to watch the movie, um, I Am Legend, uh, the recent one with um, uh, Will Smith. There is no soundtrack in that movie. Hmm. It's creepy. It is fucking creepy. It's done on purpose because it's just him and his dog and the things, right? But there's plenty of fucking tension in that movie and weirdness and shit you're scared of or nervous about and so forth. And there is no soundtrack. Okay. So it's not needed. But um, if you have not seen it, even if you're like, well, I, I wasn't scared by it. That's not the point. It's not the point to be scared. It's the tension pieces of right. it. And I think the tension piece that Craig brings up, and of course, to as Joe said, what Craig said, um, tension is tough. It is really hard to keep people on the edge of something. And um, I think before we go too far, Sean, one of the things we should mention is a lot of horror is about having to solve something that your character sheet doesn't have an answer to. In raw gaming mechanics, this is the thing I believe. I was thinking about this before the show. If everything, one of the reasons that horror can be hard to do in d and uh, let's say pick on 5e because it's the big gorilla, right? So your character is really powerful. Some would say super powerful, blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. You've got a character sheet with powers and things and spells and shit you can do to fuck up that otherworldly horror. Undead fighting, things that try to rip your brains out, are shit you fight on a regular basis in 5e or in D&D, Dungeons and Dragons in general. Um, It's tough to um, make that stuff tense and so on unless the answers are not on your character sheet. So when you're looking at your character, sheet, even a good call of Cthulhu adventure, you look at it like, okay, um, well, I'll try to spot some hidden. I'll try to do this. The mythos in Cthulhu is basically unknowable and ununderstandable. It is an insane, weird, chaotic thing. The horror um, movies and TV shows or the the tense ones, the thrillers, a lot of those things, if you think about them from a character sheet perspective, the actors, the main antagonists, the guy, the gal who's the cop, they know the rules. They know what they're supposed to do because that's what their character sheet says. But this serial killer, you can't beat him with his character sheet. You can't beat him or her or them, the cult. You can't take him down if all you do is play by the rules. Well, they're on your character sheet. You know, you can't do it. And shit gets tense. When failure happens sometimes. So that's it, it, insofar as like you're trying your character sheet, you're trying it and you realize that's not enough. I've got to think, you know, how can I get creative with my character? And it can be tough I, in, in my opinion, because then people have to sort out, well, is this Sean playing or is Sean playing his character? You know, the, the differences between the, the lines get a little blurry, in my opinion, in a good horror game. But part of that is because your character then is thinking out, you're trying to act as character, describe describe and maneuver as character without using the character sheet as the be-all, end-all of, this is all I can do. I can only spot hidden, library roll, and uh, talk to strangers. That's all I've got. No, it's not. What else do you want to do? What do you want to try to do, right?
0: Does that make any sense to you, Sean?
1: It does. Am I blowing your mind there, Sean? Big reveal for you.
0: I I I think that's a... I think that's an angle that I might not have considered, like in my face, at all times. But and I, I'm not
1: saying it's the only way, right? But it's a, it's a tool.
0: Well, intention, Attention's an interesting one, and I think more. So this maybe isn't really horror as much as suspense, which is I mm-hmm. think leads to the horror com- component piece is the the tension, suspense, horror kind of tr- trifecta. Yeah. And it's not... There's a couple of things that play with a horror game, I think. We've touched on horror before, but how do we like make this... How do we get people to go, oh, I'm going to run a horror game like Matt, and it's going to be the way that he envisions what a horror game should be or entail? And a few of those is like... Do you have the right people at the table?
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, who's if, the, uh, you're like George run, said, you've got that. You got yeah. that. It was just 5% too silly. Excuse me, too silly. A little mm-hmm. bit too much.
0: You know, there's a comment on our mothership game, our actual play with Jim and the gang and Jared and Jeff Goat and everybody, Dirtless. Yep. And one of the things that the guy mentioned was that it was just another, you know, Reddit, frat boy, bro, or bro, bro, ha, ha, like, game. Nobody took its, like, oh, it's Mothership. This guy wants to watch the Alien movie. And he gets, what to him, you know, the Three Stooges. I don't think it's that bad, but whatever. But the the point of it is, you know, if you don't have people that are bought into that genre or game, or even just, like, you know, D&D, with the, like Brett said, the powers... And if it's going to be, well, I want to be able to go in there and kick ass.
1: It's not going to work. And that goes right to Miniature Master. It's c- creating the expectation, right? Like, look, I can't. I c- it's difficult to build tension. <clears throat> difficult to mess with um, mess with your character's perceptions. It's difficult to, um, <sighs> how, do I, how do I say this? Sometimes in horror, it's unexplainable.
0: But well, yeah, you, you
1: know why, how, why? Why does Jason Voorhees act the way Jason Voorhees does? Right. There's myth and rumor, and you get pieces and parts over God knows how many fucking movies. But it's still like there's something that drives him. What? What is the core of it? It's just weird. It's you can think you understand all you want, but no one's been able to
0: kill him yet. <laughs> you
1: know. So clearly,
0: it hasn't been cracked. You run a D and D game, and how many people have? pummel demons and devils and you run an exorcist game and people f- or watch an exorcist movie and people freak the fuck out. Yeah. Like it's, it's just a- so weird. I don't, you know, because we're all used to going into 5E and and kicking ass taking names and chewing well, fucking the- bubblegum, it- man.
1: In, in fantasy games in general, dude, quite frankly, True. a lot of it is, a lot of it, you know, first edition d d Savage Worlds, I mean, it's fast, furious, and fun. Right. You, you, you fight dragons, you're not terrified of the dra- unless there's a terrified roll. You know, there, there's a stat that says, roll this, or you're fucking terrified, right? Right. I, I think mechanics can take us um, a distance here. A sanity mechanic which we've talked about in the past or roll for terror or roll for fear or you're tracking this stuff on a Jenga tower because to see how the group is doing, that is very helpful because those are good malmarkers um, for how to role play appropriately what's going on with you because it's very difficult I, unless you're in a Really fucked up game where you're actually physically losing your own sanity. While this goes, you're you're stretching it, trying to figure out what what do I do when I go crazy? What do I do when this happen? When I walk in the room, and I see this horrible sight, I see the woman who is supposed to be my mother, you know, explode in a shower of maggots, and this horrendous bug-like thing erupts out of what's left of her, and and attacks my my partner. How would you react to that? You know, do you pass out? Do you go catatonic? Do you go crazy? Do you go and, you know, kill yourself? Do you attack the monster and just run away shrieking and let the demon buggy thing eat your partner?
0: Who knows? Eat your partner now, do do <laughs>
1: <laughs> But I think the, uh, the, the creating expectations from the beginning is kind of like what you were trying to do with Raven stuff. And it's like, look, guys, here's the deal. Guys, gals, and people playing with me. Um, this is this is a horror game, so on and so forth. There's gonna be some mystery, some stuff we necessarily can't can't necessarily explain easily. Might be a little bit difficult to understand. Um, if you want and expect people to solve things that are not on their character sheet, like look, think outside the box, come up with stuff you want to do. Tell me what it is you're trying to do, and I'll I'll tell you if you need to make a roll or whatever it is. Those expectations are huge because if you cross any expectations. Uh, It can be too bad. Uh, Too bad to recover from, I should say. And so comedy. Um, As George says, the one person who's 5% too silly for the game. There's some funny-ass shit, in in my opinion, in John Carpenter's The Thing. There's some humor in there. They make fun of stuff. They laugh at things. There's some quasi-comical events, like when everybody's tied down and they've got the blood and they're trying to figure out who's what and what's what. It's actually kind of funny in this weird, macabre, really? <laughs> really? However, it's horror. It's it's funny in the moment, in the world, in the, in the scenario. No one's hitting anyone in the face with a cream pie, as Matt Colville talked about. Um, so the, they're setting this expectation, like, look, some shit's funny, or it might be like, oh, my God, it's like it's a monster made out of... Um, You know, suction cups and toilet plungers, you know, and somebody's like, yes, it's the toilet plunger monster. Ha 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 ha. You know, everyone has a giggle at how it's doing what it's doing. But at the end of the day, the quote unquote toilet plunger monster is still ripping people's, you know, chests open, eating their hearts and then birthing more demons. So it's still not good. You know, it has this comical like, oh, my God, it's like X. But the results of X are still this horrible thing. And the other piece, I think, from a tension perspective is to really the players and you as a game master trying to enforce the fact that it's your characters are see this. You as a player may not feel tense. And that's OK. Right. Sean's playing Delta Green. Sean didn't go. Oh, my God. Woo, I was so I was exhausted. I was on the edge of my seat. I didn't know if I would. You know, it, that's not maybe you were but I think the the tension the holding it and so forth is um, it's incumbent on the players to remember see it through your character's eyes would your character be tense right now when you just saw your dead partner snap to moan and drag their half corpse body entrails dangling behind down the docks and plop into, into the ocean <clears throat> that's tense you make a whole oh, wow that's fucked up your character, on the other hand, this is why you roll sanity or whatever, <laughs> but your character should then, you could say, wow, that's fucked up. Um, I don't know what um, Bobby here would do, but I, I, I think he might run away. I think he might freak out right now. That's okay, and I think that's totally acceptable because what you're trying to do is the character is tense. You don't personally have to be, and it can be a bridge too far, perhaps, for me to expect the players to be scared, tense, nervous, blah, 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 because not all players are not all players want to have that personal emotional impact. That could be an X card option right there. Some people don't mind it, because it's my character feels this way. I don't want to feel that way. Is that fair, Sean? Yeah,
0: I was uh, pulling up impossible landscapes because I saw something that they wrote in there that was pretty interesting that I thought would be pretty apropos for this episode. So mm-hmm. they, they it's a King and Yellow type of campaign setting for Delta Green. And one of the things in Surreal Horror, there's a subsection of Surreal Horror, and it says defining the indefinable. And it says, suri- uh, quoting right out of the book here, Surreal Horror is inexplicable, personal, and unexpected. It makes terrifying the mundane world that ought... To be a source of comfort. It implicates things the agents believe about themselves. So an example, a few examples. It's horrific to see a dead friend shamble back to life. Surreal horror is when that dead friend sits down to lunch and everyone acts as if everything is fine.
1: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, did the world go crazy or did I just lose it right now? What's the dealio? It's
0: it's horrific to see a creature well up from a bottomless pit of space-time. It's surreal horror when that creature has the face of your mother at the end of its tentacles. Yes. It's horrific to be shot. It's surreal horror when you realize that despite the pain of the wound, you're not bleeding, and red tissue paper rolls out red tissue paper rolls out like some stage show version of blood.
1: Yes, breaking the X. So it's expectation breaking violation, right? Uh, Again, towards the character and their experiences, the expectation is, Hey, I have a character sheet this should solve my problems because I'm an investigator, so on and so forth. You go in there and um, if, um, if you're not somebody who enjoys like um, children in peril type of thing, or if demonic children, this could be a bit much for some folks, but you go in there and you, f- you see the murder. You're like, Oh my God, there's the, there's the kid. Everything's fine. Like, okay, fine. You, you see the child like, okay. Oh, Brett it's blowing up Brett's games. I bet the baby murdered the family. Oh my God, that's crazy. And they come to find out it's not the baby. It's their stuffed doll. Okay. That, you know, that's expectation twisting on top of expectation twisting type of thing. Like, wow, it wasn't that. It was the Winnie the Pooh doll that they have that is the bizarre manifestation Allah Chucky and murders people or is the physical manifestation of the King in Yellow or Fotep or whatever.
0: It's horrific. So, yeah. It's horrific when an unnatural tome reveals the secrets of the universe. It's surreal horror when that book written in 1611 contains a description of you down to the smallest detail including the fact that you're reading that book right now.
1: Oh, that's actually comes directly out of a, um, shit. Who wrote that? It was a Clark Ashton Smith, not short story. The last fuck I have it, but it's a Clark Ashton Smith story where this guy's reading a book and it turns out that it's actually him and he's transposing bodies over space and time. It's really kind of fun. Yeah, totally. And I think the other, the other piece here, i talk about expectation is that your expectation as to a horror game is that what type of horror are you running? Because horror in general is a very broad statement. Surreal horror, as Sean just pointed out. There's slasher type of horror. Your Freddy movie, your Jason movies, The basically somebody's being butchered, scream or whatever. There's just a thing, a monster, a deal. It's just slaughtering the fuck out of people. There's supernatural horror, right? There's body horror. There's emotional horror. I mean, there's just you pile it out there and look at all the different types and pieces within the genre are many sh- sub genres to deal with. And um, I think one of the components that makes for a more compelling horror game is when you find one version of horror and you stick with it. That can help. Because even if that is nihilistic, pure Cthulhu horror horror, where the universe is an unforgiving does not give two fucks about you. And it doesn't matter what you do. You're all going to die anyway. Okay. That's fine. But you got to stick that you got to stick with that. If you stick with the fact that it is impossible to understand this and it all is madness, you can't have something that's understandable. Uh, <clears throat> be a part of it. You know what I'm saying? Is that there's, there has to be a, for us to enjoy it and for it to be entertaining, there has to be almost a self-contained, this is how it works. And even if how it works is, nothing works. <laughs> as goofy as that sounds. You follow me, Sean? Yeah. Because I think if you if you try to cram supernatural horror plus body horror plus slasher horror on top on top, it, it becomes this mishmash of... So it's a haunted house plus supernatural horror plus uh, Colorado Space 2? huh, it's almost too much. Yeah, that's yeah putting
0: got? it on too thick. I think you have to be careful not to overdo it because then it becomes kind <clears throat> of cliche. and. Um, but with, the, with Matt and his, you know, one of the things that made it interesting with his comment, which is, my experience as a player in horror has been very dull and he never found it entertaining. And then he gets the explore and research aspect, but he doesn't see like an entire game around it. And I think with like, you could buy masks of narrow Tap, You can get mountains of madness Cthulhu scenarios that you can read the green, green stuff, shorter, shorter, yeah. shorter stuff. Delta Green is interesting. We'll even call Cthulhu is that it's not, not every turn is going to have suspense and horror. It's kind of like, all right, what's the preface of the game and the scenario and the setup and session zero is huge on this, especially if you're going to do one of these games to, with folks that aren't familiar with the genre and you want to make sure you reiterate that stuff. Otherwise, they're going to be in the wrong game. But going into like running masks, it's it's kind of borderline Indiana Jones. Like you're going, you know, painting the red line, going one country and one continent to the next. You know, murder on the uh, or horror on the Orient Express. And so,
1: but it's but depending how you're running, it's not necessarily pulp.
0: No, no, (laughs) true. It's not. It's not pulp. I would say it's global globally spanning.
1: Yep. It's it's big.
0: And it's a mystery piece and I think you gotta buy into that thing. Like in Delta Green, you gotta kind of buy into the fact that you're an agent of Delta Green and that the whole the whole premise is you've seen the horrors, you know what it can do, and you're gonna do whatever it takes to keep it from humanity. And in, and that is kind of the thing. So when you go into a mission you're like, why am I here? That's your whole motivation. And so unraveling that and then realizing like, "Oh shit, I'm in a house that's got some creepy shit going on." Then it's up to the, the gam- game master handler to implement what that why it becomes creepy, right?:
1: And sometimes things become creepy and there's tension, and the mystery remains and it's something you want to solve is because it's not explained for you right off. Right. There's something left. When someone looks at you and goes, oh, my God, was that my mom? Was that really my mother that just dissolved into a pool of acid and flowed through the floorboards? Right. The game master should say, I, I don't was know. Was it?
0: Yeah, who knows? Was
1: that really? When's the last time you talked to your mom? That's shit, I would say. Right. Right. I mean, it's not that I'm, I'm amazing at this, but I'd be like, when's the last time you talked to your mom?
0: Maybe you should call her. Is it, some,
1: is, it, is it something your mother would normally do? Maybe you should call your mom. Well, God, but you fucking bastard, Brad, is that my mom or not? I, Dude, you can't ask her. It's gone okay, hmm, I don't answer that. I'm not going to tell you yes or no. No matter, and especially the wilder and crazier the question, I'm
0: definitely not going
1: to tell you yes or no.
0: It's not a clarifying question. It's not like, hey, tell me how far away that is again, Brett. Otherwise, it's in game as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yes. And it's similar in that mystery then is like, okay, if that wasn't my mother, how did it know what my mother looks like, acts like, or why does it know that I like raisin cookies? You know? that and the other component to this I think is a good as a good game master with this stuff the good game masters I've worked with is there's a clue there's a piece and sometimes those clues and pieces they don't get you anywhere right because it is it is horror and that's fine but you're finding stuff and the game master needs to there's a weird balance we've talked about this before needs to let you kind of run around with the fact that I found five squares of red cloth that clearly is a clue. And it's not, or it is, but you have to have something to work from. Um, sometimes, if it's a, you know, in a DD, in a traditional fantasy game, let's just pick on DD, any edition, you go in, there's a necromancer in the caves. You go into the caves, you start slaughtering undead because the necromancer's calling them forth. You have to stop this. How is he calling them forth? What exact spell is he using? What powerful artifact? Blah, blah. Unless it's part of the MacGuffin at the tail end or something you happen to find out, no one gives two shits. The necromancer is going to have undead in front of him. We got to deal with this. Move on. It doesn't matter. In a horror game with the tension and the mystery aspect of it is the mystery has to keep going on. You have to want to know how the hell did this demon get summoned here? There's no demon summoning books. I don't know why it's here. Does this have anything to do with that artifact that that guy had, that statue? I don't know. Does that have to do with the statue? It, again, the Game Master can't answer the question for you, which can be very frustrating for players. And I don't know, Matt's not here to, to talk to directly, but I could see that being, if that's done poorly, it can be very frustrating. Because the players are sitting there banging their heads collectively against a brick wall. And they look at you and go, fucking Brett, is this it or not? I don't know. Is it right? (laughs) That okay? (sighs) The better answer is: Look, your characters have this all together. Your characters have pieces together. From your character's perspective, you think it might be the answer, but you've also seen enough things to tell you that you don't. You could be wrong yet too. There's a there's a nagging doubt in your mind. Your character would have that nagging doubt. Okay, I gave them something, but it isn't in an absolute affirmative. This spell will send the demon back? You're pretty sure it will. It did come out of these Sumerian texts that said, send, demon, send demons back, you know, 2.0. You've never cast it before. You barely read Sumerian. And the guy who told you to look for it was
0: a little crazy. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. Huh. But it's the only chance we've got. It may well be the only chance you've got. Those wordings, it may well be the only chance you have. And helping the players understand what their characters would perceive and think and feel, and not telling them what they feel, but helping them. I could see, Sean, your character um, not understanding why everything looks like it's this, or I could see your character blah, blah, blah. It's up to you, man, but I'm just telling you from where I've said as Game Master, I could see, you can have that fourth wall breaking kind of thing to help people along. But, um, For me, keeping the mystery alive, and even when you, as game master, know they've got it just dead on, they've got the fucking answer. They got the book, they got the black tallow candle, they got the everything they need to do, and they can send that demon screaming back to hell. You don't tell them. They don't. They have to. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know know if it worked or not. They don't know if it worked or not. Or they have to really be like, you know what? This is the only chance we've got. Right. And they try it, and they send it screaming out of the room, and I think it's gone. (laughs) Does it come back? It's really quiet. (laughs) What are you going to do? Are you going to test that it's gone or not? You know. So I I think it's, um, and Forrest talks about this, too, is maintaining the mystery, giving too much away. It does cheapen the experience if you answer all the questions. Um, Fresh takes on tropes, as Kevin mentions, is is something I worry about when I'm dealing with experienced gamers and myself, because I don't want to be bored with it. I think if you're new into horror, you can lean into some of the tropes and honestly leaning into the tropes. Sometimes I believe Kevin would back me on this can be helpful to get the ball rolling. Right. Werewolves full moon silver. You can lean into that. Who the werewolf is Aha! a la silver bullet. That might be the different. That might be the challenge. Silver Bullet, Stephen King story and a kind of a funky movie. Uh, Not very good, but still fun. Anyway, point is um, the other problem I see here and George brought it up when characters turtle Mm -hmm. in horror games, when they don't know something, I think our earlier comments around helping the players understand that you're not going to get any more sitting here. Hey, Scooby gang, this murder, this mystery ain't going to solve itself, right? That demon it's not going to get sent back. If you don't believe me, did you check the news lately? Because five more children were murdered. Hey, did you check this one? 16 more dogs were killed. Hey, did you see that one? Five more homeless bodies Ugh. or whatever is going on possession, whatever. It doesn't always have to be death. Horror can just be scary stuff, right? Death is just an, an easy one. Uh, to lean into but characters can turtle and some and one of the things is like you know enough that you should be able to solve this if you act. It won't it, it's not gonna solve itself unless you do something. Does that make sense, Sean?
0: Yeah. 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 For sure. So like I wasn't a big horror guy. And I still don't no, think I'm no. I still don't think I am. Like I'm not reading horror books. I'm not I haven't read Lovecraft and I'm not a Stephen King. My wife's a big Stephen King fan and she would probably she probably would would jam on some of the nuances of role-playing games because I think I haven't read a lot of any I don't know if I've read any Stephen King, but I think I've heard he's a good storyteller, maybe not the greatest writer, but some of the stuff that he would create in an RPG, obviously you're not going to be just normal townspeople in a a village in Maine. But I think how some of the things that come to fruition in a Stephen King novel, we're watching Mr. Mercedes right now. I haven't read the books and, and, you know, Tam's talking about, Oh, they didn't do that in the book. Oh, they did that in the book. But you could see, you know, and, and if you haven't watched Mr. Mercedes, it's a cop. I don't know if this is real spoilers, but you know, a, a guy roll runs over a bunch of people in a car in a Mercedes. And so they never catch him, and then it kind of goes into something crazy from there. But the cop is always, like, the cop is retired and super, super, like, the, the per- person who did it starts poking at the cop. It says, hey, I'm still around, buddy. I'm not gone. Oh, I see. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so then the cop has his own personal thing, and then you got the, the, the homicidal murderer that's doing their wacky stuff. And, uh, you know, he becomes obsessed with they they become obsessed with each other almost. Um, but that's, you know, some of the story is going to be kind of boring. Like I'm hanging around my house, you know, I get a message on your computer while well, you start turning that into something and then you start unraveling the clues So I think I have
1: freaked. I have freaked out players before when you're at home. Like, okay, yeah, fine. What do you do? All right, I'm going to get up. I got to get to the office. Doorbell rings. Okay, what what's that? There's a FedEx package. You open up. There's a human finger in it. Like, ah, what the fuck? Right. Really? From Amazon? It says Amazon. Yeah, it's an Amazon box. It came from Amazon. Apparently, are you fucking kidding me? Is there a bill lading? Anything? Nope. Just says great. You know, I I I love what you're doing there. One thing that I think that you have done sean that i did not do and i kind of had to figure it out was because you read and use published modules adventures i think many of the newer ones some of the cthulhu older cthulhu stuff is probably very very good i've not read a ton of them without being a hey i've been running games for 20 30 years right so i've got a different lens when i read stuff the delta green stuff the new stuff is very well written by all accounts
0: mm-hmm.
1: the new call of cthulhu stuff very well written very well put together um what you have <clears throat> explained to me about um mothership is tight and simple as that game is the hints the clues the things in the adventures really well done and give you as the game master ideas of how to implement and so forth i think frankly if i was going to say the best advice i could give somebody would be to say look Go buy Mothership. Buy the the free pregen, you know, downloadable downloadable version of the Delta Green um, uh, con game. I think you can get it for nothing from drive through or whatever. Grab one of those. Get a free get a starter kit for Call of Cthulhu, the Granddaddy, right? Or if you don't like that, find Mothership or something along those lines. Buy it. Read it. And play the published adventure. I think it would I think it would be very helpful. Because um, there's gonna be stuff in there that you're like, oh wow, I guess I didn't I, I missed that piece. Oh boy, it sure didn't feen, seem very tense. Well, Sean and I have talked about this before, folks, and that you gotta think backwards a little bit and say, Wow, that didn't seem really tense. What could I have I done to ratchet up the tension? You ask your players, what could have what could I have done? Or when you're noodling on it, you're thinking about it, you think, man. You know what I could have done? What would have been really fun would have been some random noises on the spaceship, just like knocking. Like someone's actually knocking on the glass. Like there's a a hand knocking on glass. Boy, about that would freak people out. They never see the hand, but always precedes the monster. Huh. Neat. That would scare people because they get used to a sound and X number of minutes after the sound, something horrible happens. If you always hear a tap, 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 and then within an hour, someone dies, Tap, tap, tap it suddenly becomes pretty fucking terrifying because uh, okay, there were 20 of us on the ship, it's down to five player characters, and we just heard the tap, tap, tap sound.
0: The fuck is going on the smell, but honestly, like a smell, smells, all of a yes. sudden, you hear you smell this, and then every time something bad happens, they smell they the smell like, you, uh, smell f- is that like and you know, you know, and the first time is like, huh, that's weird, and then. Every time you smell it, you know shit's gonna hit the fan. Blake brings up Twilight Zone and that there's some nonviolent horror in that. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's, and a lot of creepiness. And that's an old show and people love that show and watching it because it's, it could take, it's almost timeless because it's so wacky. There was one I started yes. watching, I had no idea what it was. A guy was just literally woke up somewhere and he was going through an entire village and he was the only guy in the entire village.
1: Yeah, there was one where. Uh, what, what's up with oh. that? It's
0: not horror. It's like, but it's a WTF. Like, is he gonna yeah. run into anybody? He just keeps wandering around. Like, there's there's nobody moving. There's nobody here. What the hell? It's
1: isolation, but it's isolation horror, right? Which is another type of horror, for sure. Yeah, go, go look up what what are people scared of. <laughs> right, type <laughs> that right. into Google yeah. and terrify the shit out of people with it. Right. <clears throat> another good uh, game is terrorist esoteric has some monsters in them the book of unremitting horror has some crazy fucked up horrible horrible monsters in it quite frankly if you are squeamish i would not read that book mm. it's got some bad absolute ter- i mean i've read some of those things well wow that's that's pretty gross <laughs> that's over the top that's that's a lot i also I'm think that. i Also, <laughs> like to use that i'm gonna use that yeah but I also not a, not for certain players that I don't know and I don't know well but anyway point is there's esoteric gumshoe plays very well um, fear itself another gumshoe game which is horror terror right there um, and that's a different version of it too when you play fear itself or esoteric you're just a dude delta green call of cthulhu you're just a dude you are not a DD superhero you're not a dc marvel comic superhero fighting demons or horror or whatever it is it's it, it's not you're very as you're a normal person dealing with problems and yes you can and i have had people i've run horror horror e type of stuff in avalon but that's a very gritty down and dirty dnd type of game and it fits in that in that genre and i also if you played it with me or read my or read the book it doesn't have a lot of high-powered play to it, right? And one of the reasons is because certain things are more scary, a little more worrisome, and so forth. Anyway, Sean, I cut you off there. I'm sorry. I was just just going to say that. I think
0: one of the things, too, with game mastering, and this is something i got to work on, too, is when I run a horror or suspense game, you got to really be conscious of your style. Um, And I'm talking... Okay, when it's mundane and everything is kind of average and nothing new is happening and you want to instill that kind of eh, status quo, then maybe you run it just like you would a regular scenario in a different game. Like, yep, you're just kind of matter-of-factly putting it out there. Or you could change that up, but when you do get into the tense pieces, you know, your tone becomes more serious, it's more deliberate, there's a cadence to it like there's a different method of presenting the material verbally i mean even looking at somebody video wise if you're playing online or at a table that can instill a certain uh suspense or a certain um thing one of the things i want to do brett i don't know if it's really on the on the to-do list or for episodes is how do you become a better player? And one of them is mirroring. I don't think players mirror a lot of the game masters as much like, and I mean, mirroring is just the conversation communication type of thing. If I'm, if I'm intense, you're intense type of thing. Yeah. So when you, when you say, uh, I can't remember where it stemmed from originally in my brain or my career, but when you get in, it's like going into an interview and you get uh, Brett, who seems a little, he enters, he's the hiring manager, he's a little more jovial, right? Yep. You can read his body language, you can read his facial expression, you can understand how he conveys things and maybe starts the thing off with a little bit of a joke and, and tries to make it, you know,
1: bring some light in the mood. Yeah, yeah light in the mood. Levity, a little bit of levity. levity yep. Yeah.
0: And if you're buttoned up all the time, well, it's going to be, you're going to be a little off. So you kind of get, Oh, okay. This guy's a little relaxed than I anticipate. Okay, cool. Sure. And then that's, that's how you kind of mirror each other. Oh, but when you're serious or it's like, Hey, I'm not talking to my mom and dad, I'm talking to my friends or I'm talking with, <clears throat> you know, uh, I'm at in a court of law and I'm test more, you know, testifying. Different thing. There's different faces that you put on and versus different personalities that you bring about. And as a player, if you're in a horror game, the best thing you could do, one of the better things you could do method wise, is mirror the game master and kind of sink into that and take it all in. Uh versus like because the opposite would be, oh, the GM is getting super serious and I'm I've got tune and Scooby Doo running through my brain.
1: Yeah, there's a <clears throat> there's a point. So if I am Okay, you're searching through the bushes to see where um, the bad guy may have left the house. Yeah, I'm kind of poking around, looking around. Okay, yeah. You're looking through the bushes. Yep, I'm just kind of poking around, you know, going with my groove there. So when I, so when Sean's like, yeah, I'm just looking, kind of prodding around a little bit. And I said, what are you using? Like, you're using your foot? Yeah, I kind of kick stuff. And, well, there's a stick there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I use the stick and kind of prod around a little bit. Then I say, well, that's good because when that stick hits the bear trap, and goes snap and crushes that stick, you realize it could have been your leg right <laughs> i didn't change my tone right. until i said snap you go, F- what <laughs> right that's shocking or a fucking bear trap are you kidding like for bears yeah for bears that would have taken you off of the knee holy okay i look around yeah there's more okay can i go back the way <laughs> i came yes sean you can <laughs> i back out real easy and i and i call and i get on the radio okay if you're like, okay, cool, you're in, and that's a, I love that idea, Sean, because if you're grooving with me, like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing, right. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Yeah. yeah, the bear trap snaps, the monkey screams at you, the 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 pterodactyl comes shrieking. There's a fucking pterodactyl. I'm in downtown Los Angeles. Yeah, the pterodactyl screams, or the- what the? When I drop the holy fuck moment on you, or like, oh my god, the shattering, the scary, the tension does in interest in that interjecting thing. You're in this groove. Yeah, it's normal, man. It's normal. Just poking around. Yeah, I got to check his ID. Okay, flip it over. Um, You've got, obviously, you know, that's that's your brother. Wait, what? I I can't see the guy's face because it was chewed off, but you're telling me this is my brother? Yeah. You're just checking his ID. It's what you do. Da da da. And you see your brother's face there. What? Right.
0: Right. Right. I look at him. I look at the guy. Uh,
1: he, what? I look at the guy. His, his face would shoot off. You can't really tell, but it does have a gold earring like your brother would. His face would shoot really? off, and Jesus he's got a e- gold earring what like your fuck? brother. What the fuck? What? what? You know, it, right. it, it, again, if you're mirroring, if you're doing that type of thing, and you're in the groove with me, right. if you're explaining, and instead of going, oh, boy, <laughs> but it's my mom. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if it was my mom? And you're constantly joking. Right. If you're constantly like, yeah, well, okay, sure, yeah, I'll just roll some dice. Can I check? Yeah. Well, what do I have to roll to search the bushes? What do I have to roll to do this? if you mechanic the fuck out of everything, this is just Brett's opinion, um, you can kind of uh, clash with the tone and the tension. Wait for the cues. And I think if you, again, from an expectation perspective as a game master and as players, you can set an expectation like, look, let's narrate a lot of the stuff. Let's just talk. When the moment comes, I'll tell you to give me a spot hidden. Or if you're like, man, I really can't. Jesus, um, I feel like I'm missing something. Can I, can I make a roll here? That's good don't just sit there rolling your d20 or your percentiles or your pile of d6s and tell me what you got i look around the room a gray hawk it click i got 15 don't do that to me let's get in the mode let's talk about it let's kind of work our way through it and if your players are in that groove i think you're gonna have a lot i have more luck jacking up tension dropping tension there's a horrible god awful scream and you turn, it's a cat. Oh, Jesus! Okay. It's just a cat. It's just a cat. Okay. A regular cat? Yeah. Just a little tabby runs through. You think somebody might have stepped out. Okay. It's a cat. Whew. All right. Just a cat. You know what? I'm going to go check where the cat came from, just in case. Right. <laughs> and right. It turns out to be nothing. Right. But it doesn't matter. You're still nervous. And you check. and It does turn out to be nothing. <sighs> Deep breath. Move on to the next room or whatever the case is. So anyway, anything else, man?
0: No, I like this topic. I mean, it could go, I it could is, talk for a while on it.
1: I think it's really hard to go through and say, hey, Matt, I can, this is going to sound arrogant, I can fix your game, Matt, if only uh, by doing these five specific steps to make your horror more effective. I have a very hard time with that because I don't know what Matt is running into. Right. 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 I know I played many games with Kevin Cthulhu. And when he says that, I absolutely freaking buy what he says about hey, bring, the challenge of bringing fresh takes to tropes totally makes sense. Not only for your own boredom, but for your players, you want to make things different, new, and so on. I don't know if that's if that's Matt's problem, right? Because if you're if if Matt and his crew are playing and it's so trope heavy, like look, I know who did it. You know, I know what did it. It's a deep one. I can fucking see it coming in my off. That's not fun either, right? But like a lot of different things Sean and I talk about, I think there's, it's not like your game is broken, needs fixing, or that we can fix it in four easy steps. Some of the stuff is just thoughts and getting your head into how do I convey the expectations and get people to play along? Especially with this one. For my money, getting people to play along with horror is tough.
0: You gotta, and I think this, when I've talked about opt-in games and, and other than pushing the game or or trying to bring them in, you know, you got a D and D group. Great. Let me rephrase that. You have a group that's always playing yeah. a game that is not yeah, horror. or or a, or a type yeah or a type of game it's right
1: whatever it is and it's not playing sci-fi horror. playing Traveler having a good time right. yep.
0: and now you want to say hey I want to do horror you guys you, I'm going to try that I don't know oh, just come on. Maybe maybe they'll grok it. Maybe you got the group that's like, yep, sure, sounds good, and then they get all into it and it's all fine. But if you put it out and you get three of those or two people from that group that are like, oh, I really, I've been wanting to play Mothership. I've been wanting to play Alien. I've been wanting to play Call of Cthulhu or Delta Green. I want to experience something different than what we've been playing. And then you put that out to other people and say, hey, this is what I'm pitching. It's this kind of game. Blah, 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 blah. Looking for a little more serious action. I'm Like, levity at the right moments is okay. It's like that weird horror movie where a guy, you know, has a weird quip before he gets an ax through the skull. You know, that's okay. But it's not Laurel and Hardy hour for three hours when it gets kind of uncomfortable. And and if if the people are like, okay, man, I get it, I'm in, then you're going to have a a pretty good game, but if you get the people that are like, eh, I don't know, d- d- then they're not going to be they're not going to b- be bought in, in my opinion.
1: You know quite Honestly, I think Sean, we've you've said this before, and I absolutely agree with you. If I say, "Hey, I'm going to run a Dungeon Crawl Classics game," explain what it's about, and somebody's like, "Ah, eh, I don't know, racist class," sounds a little Gonzo in the
0: magic. I guess I could try it. That gamer's not going to have a lot of fun <laughs> unless you know, unless the they're very very surprised. Yes, because it's a game they've never played before, and then they end up loving it. So it's a yep. it's a weird crapshoot, but you know, and that's the, that's the whole this is the, that's the whole jam with this shit in RPGs. It's well, people Craig, like Craig, you know, I don't yeah. know if I'm gonna like it. Uh, I'm gonna be freaking you know this weird awkward goofball at the table that doesn't you know jive yeah. with the rest of the players, and you're like, oh no, this isn't gonna work chemistry it's all weird chemistry
1: well craig offered to play uh run blades of the dark for you and i yes and i grabbed hey, we said, hey we're gonna pull frank house and eric knows that game system in and out sean i've never played it and i've never read the book hey you know what we're gonna do we're gonna give it a good college try i want to try it i i don't i don't have i honestly i i joke with craig because of my my past rants and raves but i i have never played it so i have i don't fucking know right but i'm willing to try it let's get in there man what's the what's the what's the game about i want to we're going to sit down. He's already talked about some stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm getting it. I get the groove. I get what this is going to be about. I'm in. Let's play. Right. You know, And but it was opt-in. He said, hey, I want to do this. Do you guys want to play? We both said, yes, we want to play. Sure, yeah. If neither one of us want to play, we told Craig, nah, not interested. <laughs> because I don't, life's too short to play games that I don't want to play, right? Hey, Brett, so I, Monster Hearts.
0: Brett and I have offered to play, run Brett nah. through Monster Hearts. He, i do not interested. He doesn't, doesn't want to play my Monster Hearts game.
1: Nope, I do not. I just don't like I don't like playing with Sean as Game Master. <laughs> anyway, it's kinda it's the expectation thing I think is big. Is whenever you're changing genres, you're doing something different that either you as Game Master haven't done before or your players haven't done before, or, or both, right? If you're well known for being the happy go lucky anything goes savage worlds person. And you say, "Hey, I want to run a Call of Cthulhu game." I, th- there's a drastic, there's a potential drastic shift you in change your gears, tone man. and how you're changing gears and what it is you're doing. And you're all in for that. You've you've read, you've listened, you've talked to lots of people. You, you're you're ready to go and do something different. It's ex- it's important for you to set those expectations. Say, "Look, this is not the happy go lucky, um, pulp two fisted, um, savage rules game I've been running, which has been a lot of fun, no doubt. But I really want to change it up and do this thing." And um, it can be very easy to shift back to what you're comfortable doing, which is one of the reasons why I think uh, a pre-published adventure, pre-published, there I go, there I go again, yeah. it's a horrible phrase. The published adventures um, can be very helpful in this because they help to enforce a tone because it's right there right. in front of you. This 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 this. However, sandboxy or railroady it is, it has all this great data in it for you to constantly remind yourself: don't be the happy-go-lucky guy. It's not two-fisted pulp. It's not it's not four-color superheroes. Brett, remember that. Hey, not we're, we're not we're not Omni Man. No, 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 not not that guy. We're over here now, and that can be very helpful. And I think that's a piece that I learned the hard way because I prefer to roll my own, like at all times, for whatever reason. That's just a thing a uh, uh, muscle I develop. But because Sean, you you read more of those things and you run them, I think it gives you an advantage on learning the new genre in a way. I like think it can be very helpful when you're looking at something you've never done before you know what I'm gonna do? Let's try this. So
0: creepy, creepy is something we didn't really cover either. And creepy, I would say is more along the lines of of uh, silence of the Lambs. It's not I don't know if it's horror. Right, I would I wouldn't probably put it right in the horror bucket, but Hannibal Lecter he does some.
1: He's like he's a, cre- he's a creepy he's a
0: creepy dude. Like hey, yeah. tell me, Clarice, did you hear? Yeah. the lambs crying when you were a child. And then
1: and then when he gets out, he calls you and then hangs up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no you know, He's got the mask um, all the time. I mean, yeah, there's yeah, you know, he, he does a couple things to the cops that are the security guards. And then it's, eats one of their scary. tongues. Like, it's the reports. Right? Yeah. You don't even witness what he did. They talk about, like, this is why this guy's in prison. He's a nut job because the last time he ate the guy's tongue out of his mouth.
1: Yeah. And then you have to talk to him because he's got the answers you need. Did You get the answers. Like, boy, these answers sound like gold. And then the game master goes, remember. And the game master uses the other cop to say, remember, that crazy motherfucker ate a whole family. Yeah. Just so you know, yeah.
0: stay away from the glass. You got to be six feet from the glass. Yeah.
1: Why? Because he eats people. He can get through the glass. Stay away from the glass. Right. I don't answer that. Can he get through there? All I say is stay away from the You're glass. You're told to
0: stay away from the glass.
1: Yeah. But w- can he get through? I'm telling you <laughs> what the rules are stay away from the glass. That's creepy shit, yeah. man. And, um, I think if you can I know some people, myself included, I'm not huge on certain horror movies. I'm just not. Um, I don't like jump scares a whole hell of a lot. No. That you're that irritate the crap out of me, insofar as that I react poorly when scared. When someone goes boo to me, I react poorly. I have hit people. <laughs> I, I don't I don't go I don't I don't go well. It doesn't work well with me and that's I, it's, that's it's, Brett's
0: it's, defense mechanism uh, <laughs> to prevent sure. him from screaming in a very high pitched <laughs>
1: exactly and if I hit you like, ah, you can't hear that kind of sounds me. like that ah, you, can't, st- you can't you
0: can't
1: you can't hear me shriek like a stomped cat right. if I if I lash out and slap you right um but if you there's a number of these things again trope wise as Kevin mentions the other piece you can do is lean into the tropes in the right places if you get over tropey that can be a bit much but you want to add creepy Hannibal Lecter's creepy who else is creepy shit think of, just just go through the movies somebody who's creepy And creepy is not, sometimes people associate creepy with weird stalker, sexual assaulty creepy. Right. And that's not what we're talking about here. Now again,
0: Hanks from the practice. I don't know if anybody watched that. It was a David E. Kelly television series. And I think he played, he was the guy that was on lost. I can't remember the actor's name. And I think he's on the black, not the blacklist, the the video camera show that's on recently, but he doesn't blink. Like the, the actor never blinks. Like, he talks so he's like talking like yeah. this you know never really blinks when he talks t- to anybody
1: watch um the old what was i gonna say other creepy stuff jack is like um,
0: he's creepy it jack
1: from the shining like creepy. very very creepy um the x-file stuff millennium those old shows mm-hmm. even um um, twin peaks there's some creepy weird things people with bizarre habits are creepy this person can't talk to you without eating toothpicks. They
0: literally chew them up and eat them. Ask a woman. A bot- ask a woman if you have a hard time with creepy, because they will find. Oh yes. a lot of guys because creepy.
1: Unfor- unfortunately, there's. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. It is unfortunate for
0: sure. But, you know, my wife's like uh, that guy's creepy. Like, and I'll be like, wow. Well, I don't know. He just if
1: you walk be- down the street and you see and you see somebody acting creepy, you're like, huh, that's weird. I wonder if I took that up to eleven and gave him a cat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know? and stuck it stuck him as like the guy at the uh at the haberdashery who's going to talk to the investigators no dude so uh,
0: better yet a guy rolling a stroller and in the stroller is like God. something oh, creepy like a doll yeah
1: he's you like, know an
0: old beat up doll with like missing eye
1: yeah it's a beat up doll missing eye and has one foot yeah why why right and he doesn't like to explain it. Nope. Don't ask him about the null because he gets upset. Yeah. Like what? erratic. Like <laughs>
0: erratically irrational. and Yeah. yeah,
1: Like <laughs> rude, twitchy. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, you can, uh, that piece of it, the fun <laughs> part with those is you uh, you take those tropey things, the creepy factors of it. It can lead to some comedical pieces, which can be very actually relaxing. And I think a lot of people would tell you, and I've heard this, this is why I'm saying it, from a number of different sources, that humor can... Who dropped the tension? The cat that got stepped on. Sorry, Governor, it was just a cat. Oh, Jesus Christ. Scared the hell out of me, man. Oh, it's some weird guy. And he acts really weird. He's creepy, but kind of creepy, weird, funny. Okay. Odd. Moving on. You can still question that person's data. The crazy cat lady, sort of. Crazy cat lady, total tropey. But guess what? she's a witness to the thing. you got to go talk to her. Yes, it's a quote-unquote funny interview because she's always trying to get you to pet her cat. Um, Here, this is Stella. Don't you like Stella? Or Stella? Oh, tell, look at Moonchild. Don't you like Moonchild? And they're always like foisting cats in your face. It's annoying. It's kind of funny. But the topic is still heavy. So this weird, quasi-funny, tropey thing is happening, and the creep factor becomes you have to get the crazy cat lady to explain to you what they saw. And as they're explaining to you that they saw somebody chew the face and eyeball off of the police officer last night under the street lamp outside her house, she's also trying to foist these cats on you. Oh, so I you would, I would them. do the
0: opposite. I would make her oh, serious God. as all get up when she's stating. You could absolutely do those that too. Yeah, she could be like, she could be like, Oh,
1: here's my cats. And then she right. stops and like, Krack. right. Yeah. Offer
0: rocker, except for the details that she's conveying to you.
1: Yeah. And she looks you dead in the face and says, that man jumped that cop. Yeah, tore his nose right off, ate it in front of him, and then gouged out of his eye with his thumb. And he slurped it down. Want to see my cat? There you go. What? <laughs> what the was that? It's, That's weird. It's Mr. Spanky. Why? Is, why? Yeah. Okay. Here's nice Mr. Spanky. And it, some of this stuff, I honestly, it kind of goes back to the practice discussion. Is you've got to try it. You've got to try different pieces and parts. It's some of what we're talking about, it's not advanced game mastering, but it's just experience. You're doing something. You're trying it. You have to be comfortable trying this stuff. And that's where some of those published adventures can be very helpful because your better ones will give you clues, advice. Hey, here'd be a good time to try this. Or, hey, try this thing. Or if you're running an adventure, a published adventure, you can go anywhere on the interwebs practically and say, hey, who has run this and what did you do to help? There's plenty of people out there, gamers overall. There's some bad apples, of course, but overall, a lot of different forums and places. People say, hey, I have run, you know, they only die at twilight and I love that adventure. And here's what I did to really add it up because, you know, as much as I love that adventure, it really wasn't tense enough for me. So I use these tools or find. There's people out there who've helped you solve that, and it's easier to get help on published adventures sometimes because they're going to have some key things for you. Those five steps to help make that adventure a little bit better—that's easier to convey than it is horror game in general. So, all right, man, am I have ideas? You got anything else?
0: Nope. Any any right. any tips tricks that you find? that really kind of hits home with the people that you run horror for, let us know, um, you know, if it's slowing down the cadence, dimming down the lights, being a little more serious.
1: Yep. And Matt, let us know if we totally missed the mark on this or if, you have, if you've got more data, man, if you've got like, hey, I had this specific experience or this was an issue we had or anything you'd like to share. You obviously don't have to, dude, but if you've got something, you want to throw it out there to add more color to it. Lay it on us, man. We'll see what we can do. Let's get into die Sweet.
0: roll. Die roll. Die roll. Two to four miscellaneous points. Gaming and Geekery you want to bring and share with you. First one tonight. Above VTT. Above Virtual Tabletop. Is a free Chrome extension that allows full use of D&D Beyond. So literally, if you're just playing like D&D 5e and uh, you want to just Don't want to get a full-fledged VTT. I think it allows you to bring in, like, roles. Maybe there's a chat. I don't remember. I haven't looked at it yet. But it's not, you know, there's no, it's free. As long as you have D&D Beyond, it plugs into that and probably brings in some references from that.
1: Yeah, no sign-up, no fees, just your D&D Beyond account, free, and you're ready to go with your Beyond character sheet, one-click maps, one-click tokens, and easy fog of war, and more. Holy crap! Yeah, wow, guys, slicks yeah. on it.
0: Neat. Uh, last one, Wayne, our very own Wayne Peacock. I think he just bolted out of the chat room. Launches old scroll number one, Zine. Oh, cool! It is on uh, itch.io for like four ninety nine. Yep, four ninety nine. So check that out. Tell them gaming MBS sent yeah. Very cool. Uh, Otherwise, that's it for this week. What are we talking about next week, Brett? Next week we're talking about saying no.
1: We talk a lot about saying yes and and so forth, but sometimes saying no can be very powerful and could be the right answer potentially. So we're going to talk about that. We'll see how it goes. No. Damn it. I thought we could try. Never mind. All right, something else we'll talk about. (laughs) Anyway, that's the plan.
0: All righty then. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining us. If you did tune in live, we much appreciate it. We stream here Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time, Brett and I, and talk about something. And then if you see this on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe. Otherwise, you can find us on your favorite podcatcher of choice and subscribe there. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We really appreciate it. I'm Absolutely. Sean.
1: And I'm Brett. Good night and good game at all.
0: This episode of Gaming in BS produced with help from the following BSers Chuck, Bob Fletcher, Roger French, Kevin Keneally, Tyndrels, Stefan Dragonspawn, Mike Coleman, Miniature Master, Wayne Peacock, Chris Shorb, Michael O'Holland, Orcus Dorcas, Todd Sharp, Craig Shipman, Quigley Malcolm, Colkago, awal Trooper, Isaiah Aries Christian, Larry Hollis, The Duke in Purple, Jay Plata, Dollar Adventure Frameworks, Phil McClory, Aaron Coleman, Eric Frankhouse Presents, Ed Nyes, Daniel Garrett, Adam groth George Sedgwick, Ghost GM, Jim Ingram, Rory Weston, Mike Hess Jr., Eric Tavola, Henry Newcomb, Carl, Melissa Bashinsky, Harrigan, Brian Rumble, Eric Avia, David F. Baylog, Christopher Lang, Michael Dinos, Jeff Goad, Corey Gonzalez, Mark Richmond, Niall Diamond, John Kayward, Perry Besore, Eric Jeppesen, Angus, Brian Kurtz, Robert Nemeth, Eric Salzwedel, Laramie Wall, Andy Hall, Howard Bishop, Craig, Ray Otis, Old Scoozer Role Playing, Ron Bishop, Larry Hout, Jared Rasher, Rich Wishon, Chad Gleaman, Jim Fitzpatrick, C.W. Mellencamp, Roger Brasslett, Dan LaValle, Sky, Pure Mongrel, Jeff Seifer, Jason Hobbs, Craig Huber, Andy Olson, Corey Welch, Mark Tasaka, Chris Steele, Joshua Wallace, Brandon Barnes, Eileen Barnes, Old School DM, Merkel Froelich, Aaron Ralia, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Curtis Takahashi and Joe Swick Hey you interested in playing games with other individuals? Maybe trying a new game? Head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash games It'll take you to a forum post and it'll give you more information there Then you can sign up to run a game or participate in one Check it out Seriously No, really I'll wait Come on Come on, there's a link at the bottom in the show notes. GamingandBS.com forward slash games. Yep, that's it. Yeah, what do you think? Cool, huh? All right. we'll hope to maybe play with you. All right. Otherwise, keep on gaming. This, this has, has been, been a Litterbox Studio, Studio production. production.